have access to these different intelligence centers, but each of us are kind of drawn back to the one place where we're ourselves, the most self. They experience life through waves of intensity and often experience life as too much, somewhat like a full body blow to which they develop a characteristic defense. For eights, they hit back, nines back off, and ones try and fix it. Welcome to The Nine Design, a podcast where we're seeking to understand how God has uniquely designed us and explore the ways in which we live that out. I'm Seth, a creative, and I'm from Adelaide. And I'm Serena, a coach, and I live in Melbourne, and we're excited to have you join us for The Nine Design. So this is season three, and the whole season we're going to be talking about the body center. Now, bear in mind that I'm a type three and Serena is a type six. So we're going to be talking as people who aren't actually within the body center, but we will be bringing in a panel of eights, nines, and ones in future episodes. However, today we're going to be speaking from our own experience in relationships with body types and the many books and podcasts that we've been leaning on, as well as the wisdom that Serena has got as a coach. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's just jump straight into it. Now, we often use the word personality on this podcast, and so we wanted to begin this season with a reminder of what this thing is that we call personality. What do you hear people saying about personality around you, Seth? Personality is often thrown into kind of two categories. Mm. One is it's a box that you fit people in, mm. and that's that's kind of who they are, whether or not they want to be, they can't help it, that's just them. Mm. And then the other one is it's something that you can actually work on, develop, grow in. Obviously, that's kind of the, the side that I'm on. Yeah. I think personality is, is who we are on the, on the inside. Mm. We talk about our original design and that's kind of in there, reflecting God uniquely. Yeah. But it, I don't think it's so set in stone that we can't grow. So mm. a lot of the people around me are kind of on one of one or two of those yeah. sides. Yeah, that's really helpful. It shows us that personality can be like this abstract kind of idea or as you mentioned like a bucket to put people into so it can either be one of those two things but it's important to remember that it's basically a coping strategy our personalities have been constructed to help us get through the world and make sense of the world Mm. and they can do a couple of things they can help us or hinder us they can help us advance in life and grow stronger and they help us get our needs met They actually do protect us when we're vulnerable as children. These strategies we've adopted because they do work. Bottom line, they do work. And even though they can keep us stuck and they can work against us, they actually have served a function of protection and of loving us in a way when we were most vulnerable. And often personality keeps us in this place and protects us until we hit a certain age. And for everyone, that age is different where those coping strategies aren't working anymore. They can then keep us stuck in this cycle of limiting beliefs and self-condemnation. That's when it's good to kind of find out more about yourself, grow in more awareness about what are these things that are keeping you stuck? What are these limiting beliefs? What are these default patterns of behavior? But basically just remember that 
personality is a coping strategy first and foremost. It is not the total sum of who you are. And it's good to remember that everyone kind of is going between these uh, like a healthy and unhealthy kind of moving back and forth. There's sometimes in my life, I mean, even mm. just this last month, I, I've just been in this fog. In my mind, it's been fog and I haven't been focused and I haven't, and I've realized it's because like I've lost some good habits. Yeah. And so that affects my worldview. It affects how I'm coping. Mm. And and so who I am kind of is shifting back and forth from I'm, I'm seeing myself in light of how God sees me mm. and then you know, two days later, I'm seeing myself in light of how I want to see myself or don't want to see myself. And this is happening all the times on a subconscious yeah. level. And we're not really even aware of what is motivating us most of the time as far as personality is concerned. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. our personality can actually function in like this default or autopilot mode where we're just doing stuff without even realizing. Mm. And again, we've talked a lot about the need for community and why going through the Enneagram with others helps us see these blind spots. And I love that. Obviously, we, we like talking about the Enneagram because the Enneagram helps us figure out what our motives are mm. and, and why we behave certain ways. And it gives us a way of actually becoming aware of our default patterns that we keep getting mm, stuck in. Mm. And, you know, one of the biggest questions people ask me in coaching is, you know, what do I do with the Enneagram now? Now I know my personality. Now I know my type. What do I, what now? And so that's where the Enneagram is different to other personality profiling tools. The Enneagram helps us to know what to do with these things. Mm. It gives us an awareness. And even if you bring your awareness to some of these default behaviors, it can then start changing them immediately just the awareness itself yeah so you know often we just go all around on that autopilot mode you mentioned yeah. and we don't even know we're doing stuff no and people around us may not even point that out because they may be too afraid to or or they haven't even seen it they've been around us too long they're just like, oh that's just the way they are so i'm not going to say you know they don't even think to <laughs> say it yeah so where the enneagram sort of gives us that mirror to sort of look at and go oh okay mm -hmm. Maybe I mm -hmm. need to become aware of that. So that's like step one with the Enneagram, which is really helpful. And particularly, like all of us have blind spots, right? But people in the body center tend to talk and live kind of in more extremes. And so some of the blind spots can be harder to be given feedback back because you're kind of like, well, I don't, I, I don't want to say that. I might be really offended, uh, offensive. or So all of the intelligence centers need, we all need people around us. But as we're going to be talking about today, particularly body center, it's really important mm -hmm. to have a community around you to help you with those blind spots and to be vulnerable enough to, mm. to ask for help. Yeah, it's really good to be reminded of the different intelligence centers, strengths and weaknesses, something we haven't really gone into much since season one. Could you just give a quick sort of recap or summary of what are the intelligence centers, just in case this is uh, fresh mm. for some people? Yeah. So the Enneagram is broken into three sections or triads. And all nine types will fall into one of these triads. And so there are three personalities that are in the body mm -hmm. intelligence center, right at the top of the Enneagram. There are three that are in the heart center, which is on the right-hand side if you're looking at the Enneagram diagram. And then there are three in the head center, which are on the left-hand side of it. And these intelligence centers are sometimes called the home base for the personalities. Uh, and that's because we will go back there. That is kind of our default way of processing the world mm -hmm. it's the very first color on the lens of our sunglasses we've talked about the sunglasses analogy before mm -hmm. and so 
that is where we will primarily process life's experiences and the world around us. So for people in the body center, they'll primarily process through their body. They will feel things. They'll have an intense kind of intuition towards things that they're encountering. They'll want to act upon things. Right. It's like, just do it. <laughs> what about heart? <laughs> people in the heart center will primarily process through their emotions. So type two, three, and four will feel things emotionally through their heart and then they'll process in their head mm. or their body. People in the head center, they'll process through their mind. So they'll be thinking and then they will act or they'll feel. Right. And I love Chris Hewitt's quote on this. Each of these intelligence centers offers us a different way of experiencing the loving presence and voice of God. His thought is that if you can understand the way you process life primarily, whether through head, heart, body, you will be able to hear God's voice more clearly in that area. So God can speak to you more clearly through your body if you're a body-centered person. You know, that intuition, the gut instinct, the move to action. Body-centered people are super intuitive and can tell me quite quickly, I feel this pain mm. like a ball in my chest. Mm -hmm. You know, they're literally feeling something. It isn't just abstract feeling. Yep. And they can tell yep. me when things are going wrong, they can immediately feel it in their body. And that's something I just don't have access to like they do. Um, but it is a gift. The picture comes to mind where, yes, we have access to all three intelligence centers, but there's one where we feel most relaxed, one where we feel like we can rest in who we are, be known in there. We may not even notice this, mm. but but it's a safe place for us. Mm. And for me, being a type three, I'm in the heart center. And mm. the image that comes to mind is like my bedroom. Right. I, I can rest in there. I sleep in there. That's my safe place. Mm. That's kind of like where the heart center is for me. Mm. Now I can go out to the lounge room. I can go out to the kitchen or these other places in my house. Mm. And so we have access to these different intelligence centers, but each of us are kind of drawn back to the one place where we're ourself, the most self. So yeah. um, as you were saying that, Serena, I was thinking, yeah, mm. we, we can access these. Mm. But like the body type, which we'll be talking about mm. today, feels most themselves or comfortable, yes. even if they may not even recognize it. Yes. But their bedroom or their safe place is the, the gut, the instinctive response, the action-orientated mm. mm. way forward. Yeah, that's a really helpful image, Seth. And it's that most immediate space, like if it's the room analogy, that we run to, mm. um, to respond to something or react. And that's the immediate place we go to for that. And as you said, it could all be subconscious. Like half the time we don't know that until our attention is drawn to that. And the Enneagram helps us see that. But it's super helpful to understand that. I love Alice Freiling's quote on the body center uh, and her observation, which is people in the gut triad are surprised that other people may not see the love behind their strength and strong opinions. Why wouldn't someone want to know the right thing to do? Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> and I think that's a great opening to the body center because people in that center do think, well, why wouldn't everybody want to know? the right thing to do. That links to the action orientation, the right and wrong kind of thing that the body center people have a theme of and the strength and their strong opinions actually have love behind them. So yeah, I think that's really helpful. Because this idea of like our true self or our original design, uh, we're going to be talking about the true self versus false self or new self and old self a lot. If you haven't already heard it, you'll hear it a lot in this season because it's so important to recognize that when we are living as we were designed to be, we are actually 
drawing on the love and the uh, compassion that our creator has put into us mm. to pour out to others. And that just reminds me of the the personality, you know, our, our false self is where that mm. coping mechanisms of our personality yes. are just overworking in order to protect us. And so what, what you see the false self manifesting in our behaviors as whether it's for, if it's for the body center, it could be, you know, strong opinions or judgments mm-hmm. or criticisms or uh, conflict avoidance. That's the false self stuff coming out in our personality. In terms of the true self coming out is that, you know, high side of our personality we talked about yeah. where it's not over-functioning, it's not trying to protect us, but those good mm-hmm. parts are coming out, the true self of who God made us to be. Mm-hmm. So, if, you know, protecting if you're a type eight, peacemaking if you're a nine, reforming if you're a one. So good. In the Bible, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, it talks about throwing off your old self or your old sinful nature, your former way of life is what it says, which is corrupted by lust and deception. So it's this idea of your old self is not who you were meant to be. It's actually been twisted or corrupted. Mm. And, and then it goes on to say, instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Now, this is really important because we're not talking about self-help here and just muster up enough mm. feelings to change how you are. We're talking about let the spirit renew your thoughts yeah. and your attitudes. So the things that happen with inside of you and the way that that is coming out. It says put on your new nature or your new self mm. created to be like God truly righteous and holy. And that's that's what we're talking about here. Mm. Our original design is is the true reflection of how God wants us to reflect him. Mm. And it will look different and the different types have different ways of reflecting him. So when we're living in our true self, the body center types are strong. Mm. They're opinionated and they have high moral standards. Mm. And th- this is actually good and we need that mm-hmm. and they're often leaders and and they will challenge the systems they find ineffective or harmful or unjust unlike the heart or the head-centered people which we'll talk about in seasons to come they will respond deeply and totally to what is happening in the moment they'll see mm. the need that's why it's the gut instinct like hold on this is happening here's how we respond uh, mm-hmm. And that is such a great reflection of of one of the aspects of who our maker is. The false mm-hmm. self, however, demands control. It's judgment. It's, it's perfectionism. It's stuff that mm-hmm. does not reflect how Jesus reflects our maker. So God's invitation to the body center is to not be in control all the time. It's to see themselves as both weak and strong, powerful and dependent. And it's not either or. It's actually both and. And to surrender to God brings true life. It helps us step into the true identity, our true selves. So letting go of the false self allows the body types to experience peace and serenity and a healthy power in their lives.
talking about the Body Centre, we, we can't fail to mention a few things that are really key to this, this centre of intelligence. One of them is autonomy. And so something that most people probably don't know about types 8, 9 and 1 is that they, they're actually seeking autonomy and they're really motivated by it. And it's, they will seek that over things like approval or security. So for heart types, they're, they're looking for approval above security and autonomy. For head types, they're looking for security above autonomy and approval. And this is a helpful way when trying to find your type as well. You can really narrow it down to three out of the nine by just asking yourself that question, what motivates me more, autonomy, security or approval? Autonomy isn't a word that is used regularly, mm. at least in my circles. Yeah. Could you just give a really brief description of what does autonomy mean, mm. just in case it's kind of a new word for some people? Yeah. I often will interchange it between kind of independence, okay. but it's it's in a sense like, like at your workplace, would you rather have someone kind of helping you or looking over your shoulder or journeying with you to, to get your work done, or would you like to have complete independence in, in your work? You know, that can indicate that they are like autonomy. Another question is, you know, if you were given all the approval in the world by everybody around you, approved of the job, thought it was great for you, uh, and also that job came with all the security in the world. It, it was a good, healthy paycheck. It came with a, a long-term contract, you know, some security measures in place, but you didn't have independence in your role or kind of any authority. Autonomy links to authority mm -hmm. as well. It's like, I want to have control mm -hmm. over what I do. So is autonomy kind of not in opposition, but it's different to like being dependent on something. So yeah. if you have autonomy, you're kind of, you're not that needy sort of, oh, I need help on this. Mm. I need instruction. Mm. I need whatever. It's kind of like, I'm going to make a decision on my own. Mm. Is that kind of where it is? Yes and no, not always there. Because sometimes, for instance, for a type nine, they will withdraw to get autonomy. And that's okay. almost like that doesn't, that's an interesting element, right? But autonomy for a type nine means I can go by myself away from everybody else's, you know, opinions, needs, everybody else's wants and desires that I'm constantly kind of feeling the vibe of. I can be completely alone. I can process my thoughts and gather them uh, in a way that doesn't, I don't have to think about anyone else. So that's their autonomy for a nine right. is being alone, withdrawing and getting that in a place of solitude, basically. Right. Oh, that's, mm. that's really helpful because whenever I've talked about it, so my wife is mm. a type nine, um, she wouldn't come across as an independent, I yeah. need to be in control. So if that's a type nine, what, what does it look like for a type mm. eight and the type one? Because it would be very different. Even like... It's interesting you say the type nine, I just, just to stick there for a second longer yep. with the control element, when they are withdrawing, it does give them the element of control. So there is still an element of control for type nines, but it's right. in this withdrawn space, I have control. Right. So they're not, they don't come across as a controlive or controlling person, mm. but within themselves, there is this need, I need to control. There's well, chaos around me. I need the, I need to get it yes. back together. And that okay. space by themselves right. allows them to gather their thoughts, control the chaos within and without, you know, it just, it provides that space. So yeah, it's just important to note control is a thing for all body center mm. types. It mm -hmm. looks differently, but it's still a thing, even for a type nine. Yeah, that's good. 
For type eights, they will go after autonomy assertively. And you know, they have a special relationship with authority. So if they see that nobody's in authority in the room, they'll step into that spot of authority and and take authority. And people do follow them because they have that leadership quality. For type ones, they will seek to earn the autonomy by doing the right thing. So it's like, if I can do everything, dot all the I's, cross all the T's, do everything right, then I have earned my place and my autonomy because I've done all the right things, you know? So no one can take it from me. It's like I've earned it Mm. and now it's mine. Yeah. It's interesting. I've got this working theory that's kind of popped up a couple of times and as some of the language you're using there reminds me of this. So sorry if this veers slightly left of center, but Mm. with the heart uh, and the head center and the body center, there's certain expressions of emotions that they they get more stuck on than maybe others. Mm. So for the heart center, it's it's shame and honor. Mm. So more often than not, if you're in the heart center and you're healthy, you'll never publicly Mm. correct someone or point out where they've made a mistake or a fault, even if you're totally right, because shame and honor is such a big thing for the heart center. And with the head center, there's fear and safety. They're the really big um, indicators of, of what motivates how you act. Now, this is where the working theory kind of comes in. There's nothing that I've found that is written about this around the Enneagram. So I can't quote anyone uh, yet. But psychology and the mental wellness Mm -hmm. research has shown that there's these three core feelings or emotions that drive us. And one is fear and one is shame. And as we've seen, fear is something that is prominent in the head Mm. center and shame is something that's prominent in the heart center. But the third one that is recognized is guilt. Mm. So I'm wondering if the bodies Mm. may or may not have an innocent and guilt bend to the way they view things and having anger and frustration as the easiest or the quickest response to that. Mm. There's kind of this sense of, I know what I need to do. Let's say for the eights, for example, there's someone who's been abused it is my job or my role to care for the innocent one. If I don't, I'm, I'm guilty because I have the power to do something. Or, or like the type one might be saying, I know what's right, and if I don't do it, I'm a terrible mm. person, right? There's that mm. guilt language. And same with the nines, mm. hearing the innocence in someone, even though they might be seen guilty, there's that tension of wanting to be the peacemaker. And, yes, anger, and we'll talk about that really quickly, but mm. anger is an expression of that, mm. but it may or may not be the, the root mm. thing like shame or fear because mm-hmm. my thought is shame, fear, and guilt. All of us struggle with that. But maybe, just maybe, bodies feel that more than others. Mm. So I'm just going to throw that out there. But if you're a listener and this resonates with you and you're in the body type and you're like, yes, that's totally the language I use or the feelings I have, I would love to hear from you. Maybe you've been reading something around this and the Enneagram or you've listened to something. Please let, let us know because I'm, I'm intrigued to hear what you guys think. Yeah. In saying that, anger bubbles up really quickly. In that, Can you tell us a little bit about the anger? Maybe that does come from the innocent guilt. I should have done better. I should have known mm, more. A bit frustrating. Definitely. The anger is ever-present in body types and it even though if they can't identify it, as we said, a lot of this stuff is conscious. So it's important just to remember that. It's also important to remember that all types experience all emotions. So we're not just saying, yeah. you know, your body center types are limited to, to anger but uh, or frustration. 
but it's just that most easily accessible emotion Mm -hmm. and that you can dip into. It's that thin layer beneath the surface can be easily triggered. It's said that body center types are more impassioned than emotional. It describes that intensity in their emotional response. It's more of a body or somatic response than emotional outpouring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even type nines can come across as super passionate about stuff. You know, they can go off on rants or vents about certain things and yeah and that can come across as an impassioned response right versus um, just all these emotions out on the table often it can come out in two two different ways for body types either it can burst out for instance in a type one or eight can just burst out yeah or Um, or type nine sometimes yeah and (laughs) totally with the type nine it's suppressed 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 and so then it comes out uh in a way that can often shock people uh, in themselves. Mm-hmm. Also want to mention that for emotions in, in body center types, watch their body language. You know, when I'm coaching body center types, I will often watch their body versus exactly what they're saying because sometimes it's not lining up. They can talk about an emotional experience very calmly, mm. but their eyes look really sad. Right. They may have their head kind of tilted down mm-hmm. and what they're saying is lining up with what their body is telling me. So that's just something interesting to take note of. Mm. And sometimes this emotion, when they do experience emotions outside of anger or guilt, um, it can actually be followed up by uh, fear of being overwhelmed by it. So mm-hmm. therefore it gets kind of suppressed again. Right. I know for some type nine friends, if they feel this surge of emotions come out from seemingly nowhere, they can get overwhelmed and mm-hmm. freaked out by it. There's just some interesting elements with the body center and emotions and their relationship to emotions. Yes, that's really good because a lot of my close friends uh, would call themselves within the body center. So I've noticed that eights, as this won't be a big surprise, they, they feel anger kind of building in them and they immediately respond to it in some kind of physical way, whether it's raising mm-hmm. their voice or, or moving forcefully or as an aggressive or, like you said, a passionate kind of explosion. It's kind of easy to notice when an eight is frustrated or angry at a situation because it isn't hidden. It's very much out there in the open. Mm. They'll tell you what they're thinking or they'll quickly, mm. you know, step up. And, and in many ways, that's often needed. That's often needed mm. if it's done in a, mm. in a healthy way. And I've noticed nines kind of opposite to that. They deny their anger as if to be like, what? I'm not angry. What? You know, like, what anger? Mm. Yeah, I'm not a person who gets angry. I just, I'm pretty mm. chilled and I'm calm. And mm. But most nines are kind of out of touch with that anger and often they feel threatened by it. The fact that, and this is where I think the guilt kind of comes in, that the, the guilt of, man, I... I'm I'm not allowed. Why would I be angry? And of course, mm. nines do get angry, as we mentioned, like mm. everyone else, but they try and kind of stay out of the dark feelings by focusing on something else, whether it's a, a relationship or mm. uh, someone they've merged with mm. or something in their world. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. And it's funny because with type nines, anger can be really liberating and life-giving, mm. you know, if they can express it yeah. and it can motivate them, which is a really good thing, you know, like 
the struggle for a type nine is sloth. Mm -hmm. And so the virtue for the type nine is right action. So to be motivated into right action by the anger is kind of a good thing if it's directed in the right way. It kind of gives them an energy of like, oh, I'm doing something, like I'm I'm getting out of there, I'm I'm expressing myself, Mm. which can be really good. And one's really attempt to control or kind of repress this anger, but Mm. differently to how a nine would do it but they feel like they they must stay in control and i know that within themselves they feel like they've got a control but the reality is mm-hmm. they might not they might not be saying much because mm-hmm. it's not the right thing to say or but it, it's, it's it's out there mm-hmm. people feel it and particularly someone maybe in the the heart center really feels it <laughs> i've got a, a close friend who's a type one mm-hmm. i was talking about four weeks ago with her and i said I said, you do realize, though, yes, you've got it under control, Mm. but everyone in the room knows something is going on. We might not know exactly what that is. Your face Mm -hmm. isn't, you know, showing it. It's kind of oozing out. You're you're frustrated with something. You're angry with something. (laughs) You're saying really nice words, but there's something behind it. Mm. And that was kind of a really good way for her Mm. to be like, oh, I totally thought Mm. I had that under control, you know. Mm. And so, yeah, sorry, Mm. that's bit of a a long way of answering three different types really show it very differently yeah no that's that's really true Richard Ross says something really interesting to this which I just wanted to mention because I think our listeners will find it interesting too he says that those in the body center they experience life through waves of intensity and often experience life as too much somewhat like a full body blow to which they develop a characteristic defense So for eights, they hit back, nines back off, and ones try and fix it. Hmm, I'm surprised. I actually agree with something he says. (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead. And I just think that that is very apt to everything we were saying about anger and control. Mm -hmm. And just different words you'll hear. We're actually going to pick up on some of these things in our Q&R episode. So stay tuned for that. But just control, justice, survival. Mm. Body center types do have special relationships with these different themes. And we're going to dive into more of that going forward and even dig more into the emotional aspect of types eight, nine, and one and how they deal with their emotions, because it is quite complex. Mm. It's not straightforward. Okay. So just a quick summary for what we've covered so far we we started off by talking about how personalities are sort of a coping mechanism that's kept us safe or or helped us get the job done or what done what was needed Mm. but it hinders us as we grow and mature Mm. and that the false self pops up in unhelpful ways through that but our true self is the reflection of god we best embody We also talked about the intelligence centers. So we had the body center, the heart center, and the head center. And we actually can access all of them. Like we are a holistic person. We're not putting each other in boxes. However, most of us will be leaning to one way more than the others. And that's where we find the different types. Mm -hmm. And for this season, we're going to be looking at the body center, which is more in the moment gut instinct, action-oriented way of viewing the world. We also dug into the themes of autonomy and anger that are easiest to access, the the things on the surface for the body center, even though we all at some level may dabble in that for the body center that is there. And 
I threw in the idea of potentially having that connected to guilt and innocent. Hopefully these will get opened up a little bit more as the season continues. We're going to be hearing from a panel from each of these types in the episodes to come. So this is our view from people who aren't in the body type as we've been reading and and listening to a bunch of people who are. And you'll get to do that as the season continues. Now, if you're interested in coaching, hop onto our website where you can fill in a form which will get you in contact with me. Now, Enneagram Coaching can help you find your type and walk you through the process of self-discovery and new habit formation with the support and objectivity of a trained coach. And you can book in a free 30-minute call with Serena. So go to our website, the9design.com to check that out. And while you're there, we have new merchandise that have just dropped as these episodes drop Ennea animal t-shirt so each Ennea type has an animal that kind of represents a stereotypical side of each type and it's a little bit of a fun one so check that out on the website in our next episode we'll be interviewing Enneagram and leadership coach he was my Enneagram coach Mm, that's right Brian Holden So get excited about that. Mm -hmm. He has some awesome insights, especially being a body center type eight. So stay tuned for that. Thanks so much for supporting this podcast. If you have found it helpful, we would love you to subscribe, to share with your friends, to follow us on social media and leave reviews wherever you can because it helps more people find us. And remember, as always, you were designed to reflect the original.